Hello, deep thinkers. This is your host, Agrita, and welcome to Mindful of Everything, the podcast that questions the deeper and bigger things in life, from intersectional environmentalism to self development and everything else in between. Today's episode talks about the importance of redefining veganism and connecting it back to its historical, non white roots of intersectionality and equality for all. A strong emphasis is made on incorporation of ethics and sustainability, as well as the necessity of decolonizing a philosophy grounded in compassion for both humans and non-humans. Veganism has boosted immensely. In the UK alone, the number of reported vegans doubled between 2014 and 2019, and now 2020 has been marked as a year where every top UK restaurant provides vegan or plant-based meals, and every top UK supermarket now has their own vegan range. In terms of people trying out vegan diets, since 2014, Veganuary has inspired up to a half million people in 178 countries to go vegan for at least a month. This is really significant because the UK consumption rate of vegan products, particularly vegan ready meals and dairy alternatives, are now the highest in Europe. In 2019 alone, nearly a quarter of British people now consume plant-based milks compared to 19% in 2018. So now one in three Brits have stopped or reduced meat intake. So at this rate, vegans and vegetarians are set to make up a quarter of the British population by 2025, with flexitarians making up nearly a half of all UK consumers by that time. From my personal experience, I became a vegan last year, so around about September to October. And I think that was the right time, actually, because veganism literally skyrocketed from 2018 onwards. And because the amount of vegan foods available now have increased massively, I've become so spoiled in the sense that I always expect vegan options to be there for me when I go to supermarkets. I, in fact, get offended if supermarkets don't have a good enough range or if a restaurant only has, for example, one vegan meal or none. So, of course, I do stay prepared, especially when traveling, because further you go out from London, especially, it does get worse in terms of catering for vegetables and vegan needs but overall it's become really really massive and I'm very very happy that I decided to become vegan at the right time. But as veganism continues to rise the question of what veganism really is, what it really entails in terms of its core values is asked by many including myself and the first thing to set clear Something that I've just become aware of is acknowledging the fact that being a vegan and being plant-based are two separate life choices and are really not interchangeable. I used to think that being plant-based just means being vegan, but clearly that isn't the case, so it's very useful to define both. In terms of the vegan society's definition of veganism, it's the philosophy and way of living which seeks to exclude, as possible as it can be to exclude, all forms of exploitation and of cruelty to animals for food, clothing or any other human benefit in terms of consumption, as well as promoting the use of animal-free alternatives for the benefits of animals, the environment and humans. For plant-based diets, is just an emphasis on eating whole foods such as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, 
and reducing or even eliminating the intake of animal products and processed foods purely for health reasons. So the key differences to point out here is that vegans, first of all, don't have to have whole foods. They can literally live entirely on processed vegan foods, especially now that the choices for vegan foods have increased rapidly. However, I don't really think that's a major problem, um, at least from my experience, where vegans tend to eat healthy anyways. So I don't really think that's much of a problem. For plant-based diets, the key thing to know is that the diet only excludes animal products from being eaten or consumed through clothes, shoes, furniture, etc. But, and most certainly, People that have plant-based diets are only doing this for their personal health and not really for animal rights or perhaps not even for the environment. So it's more of being healthy for themselves rather than looking at the bigger picture. When I became a vegan and even before that, I used to believe that there are two types of vegans. So those are vegan for environmental and ethical reasons, uh, especially animal rights, and those that are vegan for health reasons. But clearly that is not the case. And I realized that that was a knowledge gap that I needed to fill because veganism is all about being ethical and sustainable, whereas plant-based is all about being healthy. So when you realise that the two are interchanged extensively, it makes you think whether the food, clothes or any other products that are labelled as vegan are actually vegan or just plant-based. Have they been produced ethically and sustainably as veganism requires them to be or are they just from plant origin but they haven't taken into account sustainability and cruelty-free practices? So this misunderstanding of veganism despite it increasing globally, in a sense defeats the long-term goals of veganism because the fundamental principle behind the belief is often ignored. And the fundamental principle here is that veganism needs to be intersectional. Essentially, all practices and beliefs in society need to be intersectional. That's something that we're all encouraging. But in terms of veganism, since many people see the philosophy as kind of like a big sacrifice, especially in Western countries, we automatically think that once you're vegan, you've got everything right. You've addressed everything there is in terms of ethics and sustainability. And that's what we need to understand. That's completely wrong. So to understand the section of intersectionality, I think... We need to get to the basics of veganism. Being totally honest here, I really fail to understand if veganism itself is an ideology or a philosophy. Because my understanding of veganism, I realised, was very much incomplete. I failed to realise that a plant-based diet and veganism were separate. So to understand whether veganism is an ideology or a philosophy was a bit difficult. But I came to the conclusion that veganism is definitely a philosophy. Philosophies explore the meaning and truths of life, whilst ideologies are a set of beliefs that support a certain social construct or institution, such as religion or political beliefs. I've seen quite a few articles labelling veganism as a political belief, and that really didn't sit well with me. And then when I understood that veganism is most definitely, I think it's safe to say definitely, a philosophy, then it made sense why I felt uncomfortable with the definition that veganism is a political belief. You, of course, could argue that veganism drives for change in political structures. It essentially is striving for more sustainable and ethical practices in society. But that is only a fraction of what veganism is. It's not the whole picture. 
Veganism emphasizes on incorporating ethics in all aspects of life to ensure that your impact and the impact of the human race collectively on the environment, especially animals, is minimal. So it's a belief that non-human lives should not be put second to human wants and needs, particularly applying to Western lifestyles. Another way that you can see that veganism, so not plant-based, but veganism, ethical veganism, is identified as a philosophy is a fact that in the UK is now being protected by the law as a philosophical belief. So vegans, therefore, are now protected by the law in the UK. And this is actually a result of the legal case where vegan Jordi Casamitjana won a legal case against the Animal Welfare Charity League Against Cool Sports that sacked him for disclosing to his colleagues that their pension funds were being invested into firms that were involved with animal testing. So because of that case, under the Equality Act 2010 in the UK, ethical veganism is now protected, just like religion or beliefs are protected. The judge in this case ruled veganism to be a belief that is respected in a democratic society because it has no negative impact on livelihoods, whether it's animal livelihoods or human. Therefore, a democratic society needs to protect ethical veganism. So it's now protected. So there is no question about it that veganism is a philosophy and not an ideology. However, a lot of people, including vegans, don't see it as a philosophy that is striving for equality for all. And for us to redefine veganism as a philosophy, we really need it to be intersectional. And that really comes from combining both ethical and sustainable practices together for the benefit of not just animals, but vulnerable communities as well. So let's break it down in terms of ethics and sustainability. Talking about sustainability first. People make this really inaccurate assumption that veganism automatically is more sustainable than a vegetarian or a meat-based diet. And that's because healthy eating and sustainable diets have often being interchanged, forgetting the fact that vegans can easily eat food that contains, for example, palm oil from illegal and or destructive palm oil plantations, or eating freighted food and vegetables instead of local, compared to a meat eater perhaps, who reduces their intake of meat, eats local produce, and refrains from eating processed items which in this case would make the meat eater more sustainable and healthy than the vegan. There has been countless times, and I'm very guilty for this, but there's been countless times when I've bought a vegan snack or sweets and after eating them or buying them, I realised I forgot to check if they contain palm oil and to my horror, a lot of things I've eaten that are processed actually do contain palm oil and it has not been stated as certified on the packaging. If you were to research the actual company that you uh, bought the product from, they would not anywhere have specified if their palm oil is certified or not. And because of this misinformation on where destructive products like palm oil are sourced from, I genuinely think that palm oil should be avoided entirely. A lot of companies will use sustainable palm oil that apparently is better, but a lot of these companies will then continue to deforest. For example, the Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil has claimed that its members use certified palm oil, but unfortunately it took 14 years 
for that organization to ensure that all of their members were banned from deforesting. And many of these members continue to do so because of this poor management. So in this case, vegans would ensure, of course, as humanly as possible, to avoid all products that include palm oil or any other product that requires a plantation of monocultures or has had a very bad reputation of being extracted unsustainably in the past. In terms of fresh produce, vegans would ensure, again, allowing personal finances or any other circumstances that vegans are in, to eat as locally and as in-season as they possibly can, ensuring that their food footprint is lowered and they are supporting local and national farmers. For any other material goods, instead of constantly engaging in fast fashion, even though so many products these days are now labelled as vegan and of vegan origin in terms of the materials used, vegans would, as much as they can, reduce their purchase of fast fashion items to reduce their support for environmentally damaging fast fashion companies. That's what veganism should be about in terms of sustainability. But when we talk about intersectionality, of course, it's not just limited to sustainability. It's only one aspect, only one angle. And this episode is really made for the second part that I wanted to talk about today. And that is the need for veganism to be as ethical as it can be for all, and I repeat that, for all walks of life, human and non-human. Veganism, just like feminism, has really been morphed into a radical ideology that perpetuates the notion of animal rights being superior to human rights and that human suffering comes secondary to animal suffering. I faintly knew about this situation and this issue before being vegan, but once I became vegan, I realised just how big of a problem it is. When the idea of making this episode on intersectional veganism popped into my mind, I was genuinely shocked to finally realise why people despise vegans and veganism in general so much. And that's because non-vegans, again rightfully so because it's become such a big problem, have synonymised veganism as a belief that demeans the experiences and emotions of humans, being anything but intersectional. And that's what we need to address. Veganism is intersectional. But clearly it's been defined incorrectly over the years it has increased. So we really need to redefine it. But I think to do that, we really need to decolonize veganism. When I turned vegan last year and I slowly started telling my friends um, and I told my family that I want to go vegan, my family were sort of okay by it and they initially didn't really support it, but now they they are fully supporting it. But when I told my friends, they actually looked at me very surprised and said, really? I really didn't get why they were so confused. Veganism is, is at that point, I just thought it was a diet and nothing much to it. But when I later, you know, discussed it a bit more, some of them joked and said how veganism is way too hipster for someone like me. And that's when I realised that they meant that veganism is too white for a brown girl like me, for a South Asian girl like me. Of course it was a joke and I did not take any offence to that. In fact, I laughed, but it did make me think, uh, why, why is that the case? And now that I understand that veganism, just like feminism and any other belief, needs to be urgently decolonised, I realise where they were coming from. There are countless of issues with white veganism. Absolutely countless. 
So I really want to hone down on key reasons as to why I think white veganism is so problematic in terms of ethics and even sustainability. Although I genuinely do think it's more of a unethical than unsustainable problem. So I'm going to break it down into two umbrella problems, if you like. The first is that white veganism is colorblind. The fact that most of us think that vegans are hipster, white and privileged people says a lot. And I actually realized this after becoming vegan. So if I perhaps knew this before, I would probably feel a bit more uncomfortable adopting a vegan, a fully vegan lifestyle. But I know that other people of color understand this issue more than what I do. So they wouldn't really feel comfortable to become a vegan, especially when they don't have that much support by friends and family. So they would experience alienation more. But now looking back, there have been many times when I've actually come face to face with white veganism. And a lot of those times I just told myself to be grateful and kind of just eat anything available or go vegetarian for a day, which makes me feel so immoral. So that's definitely a last option. But in terms of going to restaurants or supermarkets especially, only having typically white food for vegan options available like sandwiches or salads or either having culturally appropriated vegan food options like biryani or tikka wraps, sandwiches, that's the type of white veganism I've come face to face with and I'm happy that I haven't faced any more than that but it is it is a massive thing in its own. The fact that so many vegan options that are usually available are very much catered to white needs shows how whitewashed belief is. Except for a random samosa that you perhaps would find that usually tastes more like a vegetable pastry than an Indian food snack or falafel. Rarely will I see vegan food being from different cuisines and from different parts of the world because again all these food outlets and even restaurants have made this racist presumption that white people will be buying the majority of the vegan food stock, so there's no need to cater for ethnic minority needs or wants. Last year was the first time I was celebrating Christmas being fully vegan, so it was very, very special, and I wanted to make a vegan Christmas meal. And my mum in a secret Santa organised by her work, uh, she got a vegan cookbook and... Of course, I was super excited. I really wanted to pick out a really good meal that I could make for my family to convince them that veganism is beautiful and it can taste really good. But as soon as I started flicking through that book, I was disappointed at how whitewashed it was. Of course, the chef was white, so it makes sense. But even then, the meals were just not inclusive at all. Desserts will always be fine because, I mean, I wouldn't really expect a white chef to start making Indian desserts. Like, that's not going to happen. But in terms of food, you can you can definitely try out different foods from different places. You can make them vegan easily. But nobody thinks about that because they think that, you know, the person buying this book will probably be white or the person looking at this recipe will probably be white. So why should I try out different things? This white westernized perception of veganism is just wrong because veganism is no way a western concept or a western belief. It has been here for so long 
What is white and what is Western is actually the meat and dairy industry and not veganism. There is evidence that 2,000 years ago, people were actually choosing to avoid eating animals. Even more than that, I'm a Hindu and Hinduism is the oldest recorded religion, 5,000 years old. It's grounded in vegetarianism. The philosophy of Taoism, originated in China, often promotes vegetarianism and is also credited for inventing tofu, which I'm so grateful for. Seriously, it helped me through my initial days of becoming a vegan. 500 BCE, Pythagoras was also teaching about compassion among species and essentially what he was teaching is now modern day vegetarianism. In Buddhism, which was around but established at the same time, vegetarianism was also being discussed. And there are many, many other beliefs in history and cultures that have practiced vegetarianism and perhaps even veganism. So you can see that vegetarianism and veganism is not a modern concept and is definitely not white. In terms of modern day veganism, yes, it was founded by a white British guy called Donald Watson, along with five other non-dairy vegetarians in 1944. And the term vegan was actually uh, made by combining the first three and last two letters of vegetarian, metaphorically marking the start and the end of vegetarianism for an individual that becomes a vegan, if they were a vegetarian before. It also marked the beginning of the vegan society and in 1949 the definition of veganism that I stated at the beginning was established by Watson. So although modern day veganism essentially began in the UK by a white man, that isn't a justification for erasure of veganism in non-white history and culture. If we come back to the present, there are so many studies to show that POCs, people of colour, are taking on vegan or plant-based diets more than white people. For example, black Americans are approximately three times as likely to be vegan or stop their meat intake for health reasons than any other Americans. In January this year, there was a poll that found that 32% of non-white Americans have reduced their meat intake in the past year compared to only 19% of white Americans. Using America as an example is super vital because we all know how meat-heavy American diets still are. So the fact that Americans are reducing their meat intake and those that are doing so are not white, but non-white Americans, that says a lot about why we need to decolonize veganism. It is important to note here though that black Americans usually follow a plant-based diet for health reasons, especially because black Americans are more likely to have a higher rate of hypertension than any other group, of course due to the social injustices that their community constantly face. But regardless of why people are becoming vegan, it still shows that white people are clearly less eager to try to take on a vegan diet compared to non-white people. So why are we still confirming to this white hippie image? You might think I'm exaggerating, but so many ethnic minority groups will stay well away from veganism because they genuinely think it's too white and is too colonial. I'm lucky that I have had support by my family, also my friends, when I turned vegan, but so many ethnic minority groups don't have that support through their relationships. So how can you stay grounded in your culture and practice a belief that is so white? For example, for somebody that perhaps doesn't have that support that they need, they will obviously go online and try to find recipes that they can use to start off their vegan diet. But as soon as you type vegan uh, recipes or a vegan blog, you'll always find that they're predominantly white. You'll have to specifically search for Indian vegan food or African vegan food to start getting more suitable options. 
Of course, this is changing, especially now that the Black Lives Matter movement has peaked post George Floyd. And people are now starting to pick away at all sectors and challenge underlying racist and colonial structures in society, which I'm very proud of. People are now actively seeking more than ever to support ethnic minority businesses, to get more POC stories across. For example, I'm trying to be as inclusive as I can in my podcast by bringing on as many people of colour guests as I can, as well as discussing issues through an ethnic minority perspective. Although I do think I already do that because I am Indian myself, so whatever I'm talking about will be through an ethnic minority lens. The second major issue is that white veganism disregards human suffering. Unfortunately, white veganism is just not limited to whitewashed meals. The impact extends well beyond that to those that are disadvantaged yet are made to feel like they are the problem, that their non-vegan diet is immoral and they need to change it. Despite knowing that the meat industry, the dairy industry, has a rich colonial past, industrial meat and dairy was started in colonialism. Despite knowing that white vegans feel the tendency to dehumanise those that choose to not be vegan. I have witnessed this myself, so I've seen a few white radical vegans online blatantly telling people that they are horrible humans for not going vegan and really that was a major reason that really stopped me from going vegan for a while. I saw all of this before being vegan and I really wanted to make this episode. It of course wouldn't be about intersectional veganism because I wasn't vegan then but I really wanted to make an episode talking about veganism and vegetarianism and how you know you don't need to be a vegan to be a good person. I was seeing so much hate online and I was like why should I be part of a belief that's just so divisive? Genuinely, I was so shocked and pretty much disgusted. And to avoid that now, since I'm a vegan, I try not to follow that many vegan accounts on social media in the fear that I'll just have white supremacy content in my feed. And genuinely, that's so scary. It's really scary. The vegans that I do follow are uh, women of colour. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Any other vegan accounts just end up adding their radical beliefs in and I'm just like, nah, I'm out. I don't want any of that and I know how it feels like to experience all of that as a non-vegan. So definitely, it's so toxic. And this tendency to um, attack non-vegans by white vegans is definitely an issue of white saviorism. I mentioned the saviour complex in my altruism gone wrong episode. If you haven't listened to that, please do. Really shedding a positive light on say on the saviour complex because the way in which I experienced it really helped me identify my emotional capacity and how I need to control that. But when I identified the need to decolonize veganism, I realised that my experience of the saviour complex is so different, miles apart to white saviorism and how white people usually experience a complex. I experienced the saviour complex because of my ethnicity and the culture that I've been brought up in. White people usually experience a complex because they feel the need to take over. In terms of white vegans, they tend to have this idea that they are morally correct and that everyone should follow in their footsteps. As if it's their role to change others for the good, in this case become vegan, and essentially reprimand those that don't do so. Forgetting the fact that industrial farming began to rise in the 1960s and in the US and unethical farming began way before that. 
So you'll see white vegans being the ones telling indigenous dairy and meat farmers to convert to vegan farming. Yet they will be engaging in highly unethical fresh produce production and not paying any attention to how their produce, their vegan products are sourced or farmed and what implications that has on indigenous commercial farmers. This veganism is nothing like the veganism we know. This veganism is essentially selfish, where the veganism is restricted to the benefits of the vegan alone. So any infringement of worker rights in the vegan industry will be the very last thing these radical white vegans will think of when glorifying their morality as a vegan. We all know that a lot of foods, including crops and plants like cocoa beans, coconuts, or any other indigenous crop, non-indigenous to Western countries, including non-edible crops like cotton, so many of these crops are still farmed unethically. Farmers are still paid below minimum wages, yet are having to face the pressure to meet surges in Western demand for these indigenous crops. We know that unethical farming still exists and it's not just restricted to meat and dairy. All these popular vegan food items that we vegans have, a lot of them are sourced unethically and unsustainably. Yet white vegans don't want to be looking at that issue. They just want their fresh fruits and vegetables. They don't want to even think about where it's coming from. As I mentioned right at the start of the episode, true vegans pay attention. Ethical vegans pay attention as much as they can on how their food is sourced and how to limit their negative impact by supporting those companies that are transparent, that are ethically and sustainably sourcing their food. The two go hand in hand. It's not about favouring one or the other. It's about intersectionality, so ethics and sustainability come hand in hand. This disregard of worker and indigenous rights by white vegans as a whole is really supported by their radical belief of animal rights being above human rights, specifically non-vegans and underprivileged humans. So for them, as long as animals are saved, they have no concern over what farmer is committing suicide because of multinationals patenting seeds. They have no concern over which indigenous communities are being banned from hunting that was a key source of food for them. They will always be attacking those that are vulnerable or not privileged. Instead of putting bans on trophy hunters, especially wealthy white ones, or encouraging rich Westerners or those that have enough money to cut down on their meat intake, on their dairy intake, white vegans will always, always want to attack those that are eating meat or eating dairy as a part of their culture or nullify the impacts of white veganism on developing regions. This control over underprivileged people is colonialism is colonialism. And this colonial control does not just exist in veganism, it exists everywhere, where white people are in positions of power and decision making. And because of this veganism, especially white veganism movement, a lot of large-scale animal welfare organisations or conservation organisations will be putting sanctions on indigenous practices based on their highly biased westernised perspective of conservation, animal welfare, where they believe that any form of hunting or anything that is considered non-vegan is immoral and unsustainable. You can definitely hear more about this in the True Stewards episode where I talk about the importance of indigenous practices in terms of conservation and I also talk about conservation in terms of the environment and also species. 
There is a massive problem with industrial meat and dairy, which is a colonial system itself, but there is a massive problem with it. I'm not going to try to reduce it. The meat and dairy industry is many times worse than the fossil fuel industry in terms of the in the meat and dairy industry by itself. It is very, very toxic for the environment and also for workers that are producing that meat and dairy. So there's no question about that. But it's not indigenous communities that are supposed to be doing anything about it because it's not them that are engaging in industrial meat and dairy. They perhaps are selling their produce to multinational companies, but that's only because they want money. If those highly unethical and unsustainable industries don't exist in the first place, they won't need to make that decision. The only people that are supposed to be dealing with this situation are Westerners, especially those that can afford it. Westerners should be actively seeking out alternatives and reducing their meat and dairy consumption. Telling subsistence farmers or local farmers in developing regions to change their diet, to change their practices, is not going to do a single thing for the environment at all. So instead of attacking non-vegans, white vegans really need to pay close attention to where their vegan products are coming from. How are they being manufactured and sourced? And whether indigenous livelihoods are being considered by the companies they invest in or not. Never once did it cross my mind as a vegetarian or as a vegan that animal rights are well above human rights. The only reason that I became a vegan was that it could sit well with my key value of equality for all. I realised as a vegetarian, I wasn't sticking to my values of animal rights enough. It wasn't enough for me. And now I've realised that my way of thinking is heavily influenced by my ethnicity and experience of how it feels like to not be privileged. Because when you've experienced inequality and you remember your experiences, you know not to exacerbate someone else's painful experiences. Veganism is only beautiful when it remains a philosophy. Veganism is not here to change the world. It has always been here, perhaps as long as humans have existed. It has always been here as just one lens to equality. It's not the only lens, but it definitely is one. So why don't we just keep it as a philosophy and not an ideology that needs to be proved as the most just and morally correct idea. I believe veganism allows me to be as ethical and sustainable as I can, but it's definitely not the only way, and I'll always acknowledge that. I will definitely continue to shed my light on my belief and knowledge that I've accumulated so far when asked by different people, and I always give my reasoning for why I'm a vegan, and if people really want to try it out, I'll encourage them. But I will always accept that not everybody thinks like me, and they don't need to. But for non-vegans, I really, really request you all to stop believing everything that's on the surface. Stop believing that veganism is radical, and stop engaging with white veganism. In any way, whether it's to attack a radical white vegan online or continue on this narrative that veganism is invalid because of white vegans, to continue to mock vegans based on your experience of white veganism. Just like feminism has always been about gender equality, veganism has always been about equality for humans and non humans, for our collective environment, which we are all part of. So please do not join these white supremacists to destroy what veganism is about. White supremacy will always be out to destroy beliefs grounded in inequality. They've been successful in doing that for feminism, 
I don't want them to be successful in doing that for veganism or any other belief. So please do not help them to do that. It's already difficult for us POC vegans to continue on being vegan in a fully white belief. So please don't make it more hard for us. And please don't make it hard for those ethnic minorities that want to take on a vegan diet, on a vegan lifestyle, the vegan philosophy. Even ethical white vegans. For example, the case that I talked about. Geordie is, I think, a European guy. He's white. But because of him, now vegans are protected by the law. They're protected by the Equality Act. So even ethical white vegans who have been defamed by their radical counterparts are suffering. And we don't want to worsen that. We want to, as vegans, follow our philosophy in life without facing any sort of stereotypes and being mocked for it. Genuinely, it's not funny. I have a great sense of humour, but there are limits and those limits are crossed because white veganism persists and it continues to destroy what veganism is. So vegans, ensure that the philosophy of veganism that you've taken on is grounded in equality and ethics. And for everybody else that doesn't want to be a vegan, please take out the time to understand that there is a massive difference between radicalism and a philosophical belief. The pandemic has allowed me to recollect so many of my ideas and thoughts, so I'm very glad that I can bring them here to you all and discuss things further. Do remember to subscribe to the podcast on your app of choice. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and Pinterest. Remember to support Mindful of Everything by giving feedbacks and reviews. I genuinely love your feedbacks. And also purchasing my eco-friendly merch from my website, mindfuloveverything.home.blog. Keep staying strong. Don't feel afraid to talk about experiences. And of course, stay safe. Until the next episode, happy listening.